0: Today on episode 421, we get a sit down and chat with Tanner Leonard about our Utah liquor laws. Tanner Leonard is a lawyer here in Salt Lake City that focuses on issues related to Utah's liquor laws. So as you as you probably already know, it was a lot of fun to get Tanner in our podcast studio. Have her share some of her stories. What got her into uh, what got her interested to become a lawyer, and why she focuses on on the liquor laws here in Utah. So it's a really good conversation. We're going to get into that here in just a moment. But let's introduce ourselves. My name is Chris Hollifield. You can follow me on my personal Instagram at chris hollifield.
1: And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. And you can follow me if you want on my personal Instagram at lady salt lake.
0: And you know. This is an interesting episode because I feel like I'm looking at a completely different person across the table here with those dreadlocks that you got.
1: You might be. Are you sure it's me? Well, you've only had them <laughs> like two days? Uh, yeah, I think two days. Oh, I love them so much. I just just got dreadlocks this weekend.
0: Salt Lake Dreads did a great job. They're actually one of our new sponsors for this podcast. We're going to talk more about them a little bit later oh, yeah, on we in, are. in the podcast. So so keep an, keep an ear out for that.
1: Mm Hmm. And thanks for joining us. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, you might be asking yourself what it's all about. Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City, Utah. We get to talk to business owners, comedians, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, food truck owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share.
0: Hey, you know, there's a really cool event happening this week. Well, depending on when you're listening to this. But if you're listening to this before the last week in February 2020, that's the year we're in. I want to talk about Wizarding Days because this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Wizarding Days. This is their third year of doing it. It's going to be a great event.
1: Yeah, they just keep getting cooler and cooler. And this year, Wizarding Days will be happening on the 28th and the 29th of February. And they're going to be hosted this year at the Utah State Fairgrounds. So they are excited to have some amazing authors like Sal Valuto, who is a comic illustrator, and he's worked for DC and Marvel. And they're also going to have a state of continual performers like magicians,
0: puppeteers, trivia games, and more. This year's theme of Wizarding Days is mythology, and they'll have some new sets and activities where kids can hunt down gods and goddesses.
1: And I don't know if you guys know how much I love mythology, but I am geeking out about this year because it is one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. And on top of that, they're also going to have a cosplay contest. You can sign up for that right now on WizardingDays.com. And while you're on their website, you can grab your tickets for the best prices available. They have day passes, family passes, and weekend passes.
0: And I'm excited this year because they're going to have a charity Yule Ball on Thursday night the 27th. So depending, again, when you're listening to this in the next day or so, that's going to be happening from 7 to 10 p.m. Wizarding Days is partnered with Geeked Out Events and Wasatch Wizards and Witches, and all the money that's raised from this event will go directly to charity. You can get a discount by buying an Ultimate Pass, which will get you into the ball as well as the event. All of this information, as well as the tickets, they can all be bought online at WizardingDays.com. That's days with a Z.
1: Again, Wizarding Days is happening on February 28th and 29th at the Utah State Fairgrounds. Grab your tickets now for the best price available at WizardingDays.com.
0: That's Wizarding days with a
1: Z.com.
0: All right, you guys ready? You guys ready for this awesome conversation with Tanner Leonard when she came to our podcast studio and we got to pick her brain about Utah's liquor laws. It's a really good conversation. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Can we talk about this DABC yeah, hearing sure. that you were doing earlier? I mean, we, I like to even find jump out where in. people are from and stuff, but let's jump even there because...
2: I mean, if he can edit things, then we can do whatever we
1: want. <laughs> Pretty make, much. Make make it harder. You and me, we're allowed to do whatever, whatever we want. It's his problem
0: later, right? It's my problem later. What is a DABC hearing?
2: So the last Tuesday of every month, uh-huh. the DABC commission meets. Um, by law, the, these seven people cannot be in a room together unless it is a public hearing. Um, and The last Tuesday of every month is when all licenses are awarded or taken away. It's uh, the hearing that happens once a month. Other states that are control states, they may have this may happen on a rolling basis. Um, It may happen once a week or whatever. Here in Utah, it's once a month. Um, The DABC has any action items such as approving the renewals of, of your license. Every license has to be renewed annually. And there's different ones every month, like September, it's the restaurant licenses and then this month we have the reminder of all of the beer only licenses and um, you know hotel licenses are in October those have to be approved by the commission uh, the commissioners are all appointed by the governor and um, so today there's a hearing it happens every, every month I usually very much like to not have to talk at the hearings with my <laughs> job I like to have everything taken care of before the hearing, um, I'll have clients on the agenda, but nobody ever knows it except for the clients and me. Um, and then the, I just want the DABC staff, those are the compliance officers, to recommend approval of whatever's on the agenda. Today, there was an issue that I w- was not able to resolve with DABC staff, and so we were able to go and present to the commissioners. And it was very interesting day because I think all of them agreed with me on my point, but they refused to make a vote on it. So they're kicking it down the road a little bit while the legislature is in session.
0: Oh, man. Now, is this type of uh, situation, uh, this doesn't go on in other states, right? This is kind of a Utah thing. All the, you got to meet with the DABC and then you got to meet with this person. And-
2: no, actually, there are 16 other states that are control states that have a state run alcoholic sales program. Okay. Um, there used to be 18 and, uh, Washington about five, I think it was about five years ago. Stopped being a control state. Utah is the most highly controlled state. Um, the vast majority of the other, those control states are just for liquor, hard liquor and state controls that other states control wine and liquor. Utah is the only state that controls wine, liquor and beer, but, Every single state has some crazy, crazy liquor laws. Uh, the big issue here in Utah is that we like to keep changing them. Um, and also the vast majority of our legislature does not drink. And they're the ones that make are making the rules. The laws.
0: I think our laws are getting a little better, though. I think within the years, I mean, I go back to private club for members. I don't know how long. Now, you're not from Utah, right? Where, where are you even from?
2: I was born in Alabama. Okay. Talk about some crazy liquor laws down there. Really? Um, and yes, uh, Utah had its homebrewing laws before Alabama did. So yeah, we've been able to homebrew here well, longer.
0: And, and that's why I was curious where you were from and how long you've lived here and how much of the liquor laws you've seen progress and, oh. and change through the years.
2: Goodness. So I, um, I haven't lived in Alabama a long time. My husband and I got married... Um, and lived up in Montana for a few years before coming down to Salt Lake City for grad school. So I went to the U for law school and I graduated in 2011.
0: Okay. So you've been here for a minute. Yes. You've been mm-hmm. here. See, and actually, okay. So we were talking about how the podcast started in 2012. Mm-hmm. And it's been interesting, even over the last seven and eight years, how much has changed because, you know, I wanted to showcase this normal side of Utah, right? Like, hey, we actually have things like this and that. Now it's almost becoming the norm, though. I think there's more breweries popping up here. There's more distilleries popping up here. I mean, we got normal beer now.
2: (laughs) That was a big change. Um, Absolutely. And the manufacturing is probably one of the largest growth areas for my practice, Utah is business friendly and it is a place where manufacturing is more available. Um, we, 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 you know that we don't have bar licenses available and that is a big pain point, but Salt Lake city doesn't have any, the state of
0: Utah, state of Utah, the whole state.
2: Yes. To Today at the hearing that uh-huh. I attended and I have been attending that every month for, um, Seven years now, wow. um, and I have a three and a half year old, and I didn't, I didn't even miss the one right after that. Uh, that was, it's, wow. it's just you've got to be
1: there. You, you probably it's know hard to miss one because on. things change so often.
2: They do change, and um, it's the only time during. There's one day a month. It's not like a different kind of legal situation where the judge will appoint hearings or you have things do on other times. Yeah. But there are no bar licenses available in the state of Utah. If they had one, they would have given it today. They would have awarded it to one of the, I think there's about nine people in line right now. Nine people, nine businesses waiting on a bar license. Um, But they have plenty of manufacturing licenses. And that's different than in other states where there's uh, caps on it, or they have more hoops that they have to jump through here as long as you can get local consent from the city, you've got your insurance, you've got your place, you've got your approval from the federal TTB, um, really you're going to be approved by the DABC to manufacture alcohol. It costs a lot of money, so right. the, don't think it's super easy to go do it. But as far as the, um, licensing process, it's not, uh, it doesn't have the restrictions for proximity and variances that, uh, bars and restaurants do. So it's, it's a different,
1: it's It's a whole different beast. Like you can, you can start a business as long as people aren't going inside and drinking.
0: (laughs) So, okay. So I have a question on that then. How do they decide how many bar licenses are in the state? Right? Because if you say for the whole state of Utah, I can understand if it's like a vicinity downtown, right? Oh, you know, only so many bars in X amount of blocks or near a school, like stuff like that makes sense to me. But what if somebody wants to open up a bar in the middle of a field, you're going to, they're going to say, sorry, no bar licenses.
2: So it is by population. It's in the statute. It's in the Utah code that says the commission will not award more than one license per X amount of people. I can't think of the number off the top of my head, but it's several thousand when the state does something like that, where they make a law that says you can only have one per this many cities can restrict that further. So for instance, Washington city down way down South. um, They have a city code that prevents more than one bar per, I believe it's it's either 20 or 30,000 people and their populations about 28,000 people. So they only have (laughs) one and we got to wait. We're waiting for, you know, next census to see has, has it grown enough to where they're going to allow for another bar license. And that's their city code. And they're allowed to do that to be more restrictive. What they can't do is, loosen it up and say that, well, we're just going to give away because you have to, you have you to get have state, that state approval first. Approval. Exactly. Wow. So the way that we would um, loosen up and get more bar licenses in Utah would be to just change that X number or right? one bar license for every X amount of people.
0: Do you ever see them getting rid of that? Or is that a hard thing for you to say? Well, I mean, it's just a, your thoughts, your thoughts on it.
2: It's, I don't, I see them loosening it up I see them, you know, they, they changed it for restaurant licenses in, I believe it was 2012. Um, we had a real big backlog just on restaurant licenses. Now the difference between restaurant and bar is restaurant. You have to get 70% of your revenue from food sales and you have to also be seated. If you're going to have a drink, um, you can't, you know, stand up and toast or do anything like that. You got to have your bums in seats. Yeah. And, um, They loosened it up for restaurants. Um, There were some, you know, big chains wanting to come in, and that's just, you know, hundreds of people of employees. Like when Dave and Buster's came in, that was huge. They were wanting to come in, and um, so this was this was back in 2012, and the legislature changed the amount of the number of licenses, restaurant licenses available. Now, when they did that, the um, quid pro quo was that they also increased the number of. SBI, State Bureau of Investigation officers, who are dedicated to doing undercover stings and um, policing the uh, licenses, but but we got them, and now there's there's always just due to population growth and that there's always about 40 available. Like we don't have a, we, we, we don't have any crunch on restaurant licenses available.
0: To back up just a little bit. Why did you even want to specialize in liquor? Like, why <laughs> did you choose this as your specialty?
2: Well, when I got out of law school, I went and did, um, just regular litigation at, uh, at a you represent the insurance company, so if you know you get in a wreck or if there's an issue and you're, you're, the, you're the lawyer and um, that's why you pay on your insurance so that you have somebody to defend you. And it's just, it's, it's tough. It's, you know, being always death and destruction. You're dealing with people on their worst day. I had the opportunity to work with um, the liquor licensing for a large franchise when um, one of the other attorneys was dealing with a lot of their business parts of it. And it was kind of like, Oh, Tanner, you drink, you, 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 understand this alcohol thing. Why don't you go handle that? And, um, so I got to do a whole bunch of those just restaurant licenses in um, a bunch of different cities. And, um, cause you have to go through the city first and then through the state. And I thought, well, this is just pleasant. This is helping businesses. This is, you know, I still have to know the law and you still have to understand this and be able to argue and, um, and when I say argue, I don't mean mean argue. I mean like but legal arguments, like healthy, healthy debate, <laughs> exactly within the, within like the restrictions like, of uh, the law, and understanding um, context and statutory mm-hmm. interpretation. And so, I mean that was the very beginning of my practice. And so, I had always made it a goal to make it more and more of my practice, and uh, was able to really carve out a niche. And now it is ninety nine percent of what I do.
0: So who's your client? Who's your typical client? Is it more of a of a business like a restaurant than an individual,
1: or someone or, who wants to open a distillery, or it's you know? all of these things.
2: I have um, big big chain restaurants. I have um, I work with uh, little bars that are just you know opening. I love my um, I'm a member of the Utah Bartenders Guild. I was their first enthusiast member. So that means I'm not the actual bartender, although I have been a bartender before law school. So it spans there's uh, hotels like when big hotels, um, when they, I mean, when there's, when there's sales, you know, when you Mm -hmm. sell a business and there's transfers, um, people who are running distilleries and breweries, starting those when the distilleries and breweries get sold, those are my clients as well, either buying or selling. Um, I've, helped um gosh golf courses oh my goodness my favorite right now retirement community
0: what yeah uh, okay Ex- i never thought about that they, they want to just be drinking in there, <laughs> in, there, in, there,
1: in there when i retire that's all i want to do too so <laughs> exactly you know, yeah. well just uh, you
2: know i mean that's the how retirement communities now are not just the <laughs> Old folks home, it's it's places that, have you know, they want to be an entire community. And so right. they have a restaurant and um, they want to be able, you know, how can we cater to um, the expectations that people have coming in from out of state? We want them to come here to Utah and retire and live in this community. And um, especially when it's people who a lot of times my clients on big projects like that, they're from out of state. And so they may have dealt with the liquor laws in other places, but they recognize the need for local hands-on uh, advice. And so that's where I come in. So the answer is yes, big corporations, huge ones, and people opening up their first ever business.
0: Do you help many people like DUIs and stuff? Or is that is that a whole different type of
2: yeah, that's criminal, and okay. so I don't deal with okay. that. But I get an awful lot of uh, I was just thinking references, drinking, like you know? phone calls about absolutely. it. <laughs> I get, I get, I do get phone yeah. calls about it, and I have, you know, people. I have other attorneys that I'm said I'm okay. not gonna, I, like, I can't mm-hmm. handle this, but I absolutely can tell you where to go.
0: I'm just thinking, listeners, right? I mean, I'm sure one or two of our listeners have gotten a DUI in their days.
2: It's but- unfortunate, and that is something that I deal with from the business standpoint, because Mm -hmm. if you have two or more DUIs in the past five years, you cannot be a manager of any bar or restaurant and ownership as well. You're
0: not allowed to. Is that normal? Is that a Utah thing or is that kind of all like, or do you even know?
2: It's, it's something that can come up in other States. Um, and we used to be way more strict about it. Wasn't just DUIs. It's also crimes of moral turpitude what, that what, a great phrase? what exactly does that mean? That is something that I get to argue, have a healthy debate over what it is. sounds like it's like an
1: 1800s type law. It
2: really is a holdover from some archaic language. Um, things like the drug driving. That's that's something mm-hmm. that but that's actually the DUIs are specifically outlined as something else in statute. Um, anything that has to do with trust and character. So Mm. embezzling money would be considered a crime of moral turpitude. I'm on board. That's fair. (laughs) I'm with, I'm on board with that one. Um, But then uh, there are other things that are not crimes of moral turpitude that would be, you know, if you got, arrested at a peaceful protest or something like that that would probably not be a crime of moral turpitude even though it's an arrest but yeah. could it be
1: argued both ways like would it if you be maybe
2: resisted arrest and okay. there were you know other you know it was piling on um then perhaps but yeah. if you're really getting into specifics that you're just kind of like well
1: I don't know yeah. about that I, one,
2: and I, but this, it's an interesting phrase. Isn't this it? kind of
1: makes me think of, I know it's very random, but Utah still has some really strange laws in place and I wish I could recollect all of them off the top of my head, but I know there are like at least 10 that are
0: like, really? Wait, drinking laws or just laws no, in laws general? No, laws in general. Like, well, like you can't uh, I know there's sex like, in an ambulance. I know well, that
1: one. Oh, that's one. But there's something about <laughs> women can't do something without their husband or... If if a woman kills someone, her husband gets charged. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of like weird laws. Uh, And do they ever accidentally come up during these hearings? Like, or is that kind of does everyone kind of understand, all right, that's a little outdated? uh,
2: Well, there's some that are outdated and they just haven't or that they just don't ever get enforced. Mm -hmm. For instance, there's one that it is a crime to serve alcohol to an Interdicted. it's interdicted or interdicted person. I can't remember. Which is I don't even what know what that is. is. What is that? It's, it's just someone who's not allowed to drink um, for whatever reason. But how are you supposed to know? Yeah. It, uh, yeah. So that's, that, that's the thing. That's a, that's an, it's an odd phrase uh, and it's mm-hmm. something that's just on the books and um, hasn't ever been stricken because what if that happens at some
1: point in time? I, I guess. I don't know. Or like, does everyone have the manpower to go back and read through all the random ones and be like, We've got to move forward, I guess. Oh. When it comes up, deal with it then.
0: <laughs> hey, are you thinking of moving to Salt Lake City? Are you looking at finally getting out of the rent game and finally buying a house of your own? Well, you need to contact our good friend Monique at Market Source Real Estate. She actually helped us find her home that we're recording this podcast in right now. And did you know that for almost 20 years, Market Source Real
1: Estate has been specializing in helping people just like you buy and sell homes in the Sugar House as well as the
0: greater Salt Lake area? Market Source Real Estate has a background of flipping houses and they've owned almost 20 homes themselves. So they really know all the ins and all the outs of older homes if older homes are your thing.
1: And if you're looking to sell your home, MarketSource Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and make
0: sellers more money. All right. So if you're looking to move to Salt Lake City or if you're looking to just move across town, contact Monique at Market Source Real Estate. You can find all of her info, all of their info, thinksaltlakecity.com or give her a call 801 810 6773. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. So we have a Facebook group that we we mentioned that we were going to be chatting with you, and we got a lot of questions. I probably won't be obviously asking all of them uh, because there's a lot I want to ask you too. Uh, But there's a few here that I'm kind of curious, you know, some things, and there were kind of some stuff that Chrissy or I probably would have asked anyway. And listener of the show Brittany, and I'm kind of curious your thoughts on this too. And we're talking about DUIs. Like, what is your thoughts on driving the driving limit reduced to point zero five? Do you think that's good, bad, or is that something you would rather not get into? I know that
2: it hasn't really changed much as far as from what my clients um, and the industry has said.
0: It's kind of a hard. It's answer. kind of
2: a hard answer. Um, I I do know that it it's definitely made me more aware and take more lifts and Ubers, which which is to me a isn't a bad good thing. thing yeah. But no, I, th- I'm also I think that's a great thing. I mean, I'm also very privileged. I am a lawyer and I have the spending capacity to spend more on that. Um, So that's, that's tough. I do. I was disappointed when it went through that the legislature didn't take the opportunity to use all of that effort to change that law and not strengthen um, our other distracted driving laws. Cell phones. The cell phones. That one. because
0: you, know, we, you know, people shouldn't be told what they can do either driving, right? Isn't that wasn't that the reasoning, right? Like,
2: well, just the you know that 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 when Mothers Against Drunk Driving did not support the .05 bill, they wanted to strengthen. They didn't come out against it, obviously, right, but they also right. didn't put throw their weight behind it. They wanted the distracted driving laws yeah. more strengthened. And I think
1: that's and, huge. There's not a lot of attention paid paid to distracted driving.
0: Yeah. Why for sure? Why does Utah? hate drinkers so bad like honestly (laughs) like like why do we have to be the state to go to 0.05 and the thing is is in all fairness even for listeners because i get this argument it's like well even if you have one drink you shouldn't drive blah 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 and it's like you know i I get that but let's be honest here people 0.05 you're not drunk
1: well and we don't have neighborhood bars like most states most states you you can go to your neighborhood bar and then walk home in utah you have to you have to drive somewhere To go to a bar. I mean, it's not like they're right next door.
0: All right. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Salt Lake City Dreadlock Shop. Remember, when you support our awesome sponsors, you're supporting this podcast. So Salt Lake City Dreadlock Shop's
1: mission is to make Utah cool one dreadlock at a time while offering clean, affordable, and professional experience filled with love and understanding.
0: Are you going to talk about your experience this last Friday? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so City going to dreadlock? talk about
1: my experience. Okay. Before I even like really tell you more about their services and what they do, I had the opportunity to go in there this past Saturday and have Heaven and Missy, two of the, the amazing women who work there, work on my hair for six hours hours. They gave me some dreadlock extensions. They do this clean crochet method, which is really cool to watch, by the way. And if you feel like you're with your family the whole time, the whole time I was there, I felt Appreciated, And it, we just had great conversation. It was such a fun experience.
0: I was in there for only like 30 minutes. I wanted to take some pictures and they were just laughing. Like I felt like I was already part of like this little club in there and I wasn't even right? getting any dreadlocks.
1: I know. I mean, I've never really experienced a place like that where everyone who comes through the door is so welcome. And it was just a great I mean, besides having a blast with them, they also made me look amazing. So I I got to learn a little bit more about their service. They were telling me a lot of people will go to some salons or some spaces and they'll try to put mud in their hair to create dreadlocks. They'll do like wacky, crazy stuff. And, And they really like to educate people and say, you don't need to do that with your hair. It can be a really neat experience that, and and you can have clean dreadlocks. So they specialize in it with an Asian method called the crochet method where they back chrome and then crochet dreads into place. And John and heaven, the owners, incredible people. You just got to go even talk to them, say hi. And the coolest thing is they taught me how to take care of my hair too. So if you want to check them out, the best way to contact them is to get an appointment. You can text them a picture of your hair, 801-824-8298. And just tell them that you want to come in and talk to them and, and get a, a free consultation. You can tell them what you're looking for, include your name, and they will text you back and you'll have a great experience. They'll help you every step of the way. So visit slcdreads.com, text them at 801-824-8298, or visit them at 1528 South State Street in Salt Lake City.
2: The National drinking and driving used to be 0.1 and Utah was the first state back in the eighties to go down to 0.08 and there's other states that now are following following through and they have legislation to go down to 0.05 as well. So I think it's just the wave of the future. It's one of the few things that for some reason we're following Europe on Uh. this and not, you know, which I would, (laughs) I would have, I would love to be able to walk to more um, bars and restaurants. And I actually, I live in sugar house. We walk to our yeah. local a lot, but we're, yeah. we're again, it, it we, depends we, where you live. Exactly. And it is, I mean, I think that's true in a lot of anywhere in America where you're not in a city and you're not close to a downtown metropolis, you're, you're going to be getting in a car and yeah. driving somewhere.
0: Isn't there laws on neighborhood bars in Utah? Isn't there like laws that that's not allowed, I guess, or
2: no, um, that would be more of a city, a city situation. There's some cities have restrictions on. um, Sometimes their noise ordinances might mm-hmm. prevent something. Sometimes, um, you know, especially if there's any kind of. I, I I don't I don't know. Like there's not if they have like music playing late yes, at night stuff exactly. like that exactly. Yeah. Um, but as far as the when the DABC decides who on the list is going to get a bar license, they consider three things. I mean, they consider a lot of things, but the top three things they're supposed to consider are um, violation history. If the owners have been clean and good and haven't sold to minors or done anything like that, the length of time they've been waiting on a license. So you slowly move up the list. And then finally, they also look at proximity to other bars. Um, If, there is If it's the choice between another bar in Salt Lake City and a bar uh, out in Tooele, um, yeah. they're pro- the bar in Tooele is probably going to leapfrog over if they can show that there's just less per capita over there. And so I suppose that part of the law is why maybe you see them more spread out. And it makes sense. Well, for
0: some reason, I thought I heard that neighborhood bars weren't allowed. There here was or a time like years ago. I yeah, there
2: was a time something. where you didn't you weren't allowed to have them in close proximity to each other. Um, I think the legislature did wise up and recognize that. Well, that just encourages people to drive to different yeah. bars rather than to walk to different ones. But I mean, you look at downtown right now and, you know, the main street with. All of those just boom, boom, boom. You've got quarters and alibi. And, you can just um, walk around all night. Yeah, great. post office Pub place. Crawl. And it, yeah, that's definitely not a restriction anymore.
0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Hey, remember, when you support our awesome sponsors, you are directly supporting this podcast.
1: The Love Promise program is what makes Subaru and Mark Miller Subaru so special.
0: The Love Promise means being more than just a car company. It's Mark Miller Subaru's vision to show love and respect to all people at every interaction with Subaru. Mark Miller Subaru is dedicated to making the world a better place.
1: Subaru of America actually selected Mark Miller Subaru as the country's 2018 Love Promise Retailer of the Year.
0: That is so rad, because it's the most distinguished award Subaru of America awards each year, and they only give it to one Subaru retailer throughout the entire country.
1: Mark Miller Subaru was selected for this award because of Mark Miller Subaru's unique and strategic approach to supporting charitable causes right here in Utah. While Mark Miller Subaru has donated a sizable amount of money over the years, that's not all they do. Mark Miller Subaru develops deep and meaningful partnerships with charities to make real change in our community.
0: So whether you're buying a car at Mark Miller Subaru or just simply getting some service done, you're helping Mark Miller Subaru leave a mark on the lives of others right here in our Salt Lake City community.
1: And Mark Miller Subaru has two convenient locations for you to visit, no matter what end of the valley you're on. Mark Miller Subaru Midtown is at 3535 South State Street in Salt Lake City. This is the one that Chris and I personally use for all of our Subaru needs. And Mark Miller Subaru Southtown is at 10920 State Street in Sandy.
0: Really quick, I want to share a story. This past week, I took our Subaru Impreza in for an oil change. About six hours after I left, I got a text message from Mark Miller Subaru. I know it was automated, but they were just checking up to make sure that their service was great. That's just one of the reasons. I love Mark Miller Subaru. They
1: do such an amazing job following up and making sure you're always happy and everything's working out great for you. It's so nice to know that they're there. So, again, go visit them at their Midtown or Southtown locations. And many thanks again to Mark Miller Subaru for sponsoring this episode of the podcast.
0: Another question here, and I think we were kind of talking about this. I don't know if it was on or off recording, uh, but the listener, uh, listener Matt, uh, he says... I've heard a rumor that there is not a single admitted drinker on the board that oversees liquor licensing. Is this true?
1: No, it's not. <laughs> not true. Not true.
0: But most of them don't drink. But it sure
1: drink. is fun to say, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the room with some of them who were also drinking. So I can tell you. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, um,
1: <laughs> that, yeah. Which is good. It's nice to know that it's a little bit balanced.
2: But even then, you're still, they don't vote as a block. I've had, um, I've had commissioners who are more business friendly or at least in my opinion, business friendly who do not drink. And some people who have gone on record as saying, Oh yes, I'll I'm a social drinker be just completely um, blocking things for what I think are arbitrary reasons. So I don't think whether somebody drinks or not is a good indication of whether they are a pro bar and restaurants, yeah. um, commissioner on the DABC.
0: Now I know you don't deal with tourism per se, but you're kind of in the industry and you're at these hearings and whatnot. And maybe you can't answer this. Maybe you can, but do you feel our liquor laws hurt our tourism here?
2: I had a meeting with governor Herbert uh-huh. and it was a bunch of, bunch of people in the room and, and they were talking about that and he's, and you know, he, they were trying to, it was around the 0.05 yeah. time and saying, and we were just saying, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. And he's like, look at our numbers. They are growing and they are booming. And you're saying they're going to just nod and they, every, it, it, it hasn't stopped. It hasn't hurt us. So I think they could grow more and sure, sure. be bigger and be better. And of course I always want my, my, Clients to be able to be more successful. But I don't know that it exactly comes from the tourism numbers. Where I think a lot of it comes from is
0: profit margin. Yeah.
2: This is kind of the more boring side of it. Um, but
0: I find it fascinating.
2: We have a mandatory markup on alcohol you know, it's 87%. And so when I go to the liquor store and I buy a bottle of wine, I'm paying the same price for that, that the restaurant or the bar is because the restaurants and bars don't get to get wholesale deals. Oh, no they're way. not able to buy in bulk from the, um, you know, direct from the manufacturer. They have to buy it from the state. And so when they mark it up, um, it's not like in other States where they're getting a bigger margin. Um, Cause I think our, You know, the drinking prices here in Utah are still fairly reasonable when you go to other states. They're comparable. So that's that's where I think the industry does get hurt.
0: Interesting. I didn't realize. Do
2: you
1: ever see that happening where maybe they make a move to allow more of a wholesale price for bars and restaurants? I've never heard of it. Huh. Because
2: well, because it's my mind. It's so much money. Yeah. So much money um, that the state gets and the general fund gets and it goes to the. You know, the school lunch funds and it goes to so many things. And so anytime you talk about taking a cut of that, I. All they
1: see is taking a cut out of all the good things they're doing with <laughs> it, which I mean, I get. But, but it's so
2: much
0: money. Yeah. I, I was looking, I was trying to look for this article here. There's a. Wine, the, the, the wine, the wine of the month thing. Wine of the month
1: club. They might let us do it, have right? You, have
0: you? <laughs> right? What do you know about this?
2: It is legislation that I think is. Partly because of a Supreme Court case that came out in 2019. Uh, It came out, it came up from Tennessee and it has to do with the freedom of uh, shipments across state lines. I do know that there is very little liquor legislation that gets passed that is not by the appointed liquor czars. Which Um, are who? So that's Senator Jerry Stevenson. Okay. And then there is um, Hawk, Representative Hawk in the um, House. And that said, 0.05 was passed by um, Representative Norm Thurston, who, you know, it just came out of left field. But other than that, every year we do see legislation that is proposed by different legislators that has to do with alcohol and it doesn't get passed. I think it would be awesome. I think it'd be great. I think that there is um, definitely room and controls for direct shipments. I mean, we can actually buy beer in drive-thrus in Utah. It's legal we can? for yeah. mm, gas stations wow. and grocery stores. Like if if the legislature's willing to put that on the books, we should be able to have um, the direct
1: shipment of wine. wine. And they should know if we're mailing wine to ourselves, we're definitely just staying at home with it. Like, come on. <laughs> and that I is, a, move. you know,
2: it's part of the, the safety aspect. The mm-hmm. um, I mean, the commerce cause comes into play,
0: but I
2: am cautiously optimistic.
0: How is there a safety aspect, though, with getting a bottle of wine mailed to you? Well, you're not driving you... anywhere. No, but oh, oh, you're saying it's like it not, not going safer. out. I was thinking the wine. reason they made it illegal is because it wasn't safe. Maybe the mailman would open it up. Well, or something.
2: the reason that it's illegal is what I <laughs> no, more like of a the, commerce the taxes, issue. The t- it's the te- it's the fact that all alcohol is supposed to go through the state, yeah. so it's supposed that to touch sense. a state store before it comes to you. And also, people have concerns about um, minors yeah. obtaining it.
0: True, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. But I mean, okay, so speaking of state stores and in, in taxes and they're, they're shutting all these state liquor stores down, but the numbers are off the hook. It's like, obviously people want to drink. Why do they keep shutting down the liquor stores? You know, it's like, it doesn't make any sense.
2: I know. I know that the state is in negotiations to open up
0: more. Yeah. Um, they so why were they shutting them down then? I don't know which ones they've shut down. Well, maybe it's, gosh, maybe I I'm thinking of a few years back. Maybe, maybe again, it was a while you know? ago. But it seems like they were recently shutting some down. Yeah, I I know they're
2: looking for property to develop for another one in downtown. Um, I know they've opened a couple of, that'd be so nice because the downtown ones are so small. They're so small. The parking is terrible. Mm -hmm. You just, I have, there's one around the corner from my office and like, I'm just going to walk. Um, Also, if I go to the, when I go to the DABC building itself, that's where across the parking lot is the warehouse. Uh And it's interesting because the, you can't browse, but if you go there and you know what you want, they'll just go in the back and get it for you. No way.
1: It's very Can anyone nice. do that? Anybody can do that. Interesting. Mm, yeah. Maybe I found my new favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> I always know what I want.
0: So back to a couple questions here. There was actually a question. I just noticed that we were talking to off the recording, if you drink or not. Uh, Brittany wanted to know what your favorite drink is. Oh, your least favorite favorite and least favorite.
2: All right. Well, my favorite is wine. I really, really enjoy wine. I got to have this. I mean, best part of my job this summer was getting to go to Italy for a wine law seminar. And that was just delightful. Wait, what kind of... Uh,
0: wine... Wine Law. Wine Law. Wine Law Seminar in Italy, in of all places. Italy. The best wine in the world. I
1: mean... What kind of wine? This is very important. Well, in Italy, it was
2: obviously a lot of Chianti and San novese but I really enjoy... Um, we had a great winemaker here. He packed up and left, but Evan Lewandowski doing his, um, natural wines. I love those. Um, I I like big, bold cabs coming out of California, but then I was just recently in France and, um, got to do a wine tasting at a, at a wine shop. And that was interesting getting to, uh, just hear about the, you know, the passionate French and how, how wonderful they, you know, love their Bordeaux and, um, Champagne tasting. So I'm just all about that. Um, I do really also enjoy whiskey and an awful lot. And I, I love that a lot of our great local manufacturers do some really good, um, really good whiskeys. And, you know, right now in January, that's, that's what I'm liking is, you know, either neat or even a little hot toddy as far as
1: toddies in the winter. Hmm. And it keeps you healthy. (laughs) It does. See, this is what I've been saying. (laughs) (laughs) If you're starting to feel barely under the weather, take some echinacea and a hotty toddy every night and you're good to go. (laughs) It is
2: preventative. Definitely. It's preventative and curative. So it's all the things. As far as my least favorite, this is an extremely unpopular opinion. But I think Negronis taste bad. I've
1: heard Negr- of Negroni. Negronis, Why what is, that is a it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the the reason that it's an unpopular opinion is is a very like cocktail, fairy. every uh, the um the bars do a cocktail week uh, or Negroni. It's a fundraising thing, and I mean it's it's one of those just it's really cool and it's fun to look at, but I'm yeah. not a fan. Not of your favorite the to drink. Taste, yeah. <laughs> See,
1: that's fair. I mean, I think I think a lot of us are afraid to say. That we're not a fan of a classic drink or a Mm -hmm. drink that everybody likes because... You know, heaven forbid. See, I, I used to be but,
0: afraid I used to be afraid that I, I liked fruity drinks, right? Like I just love like fruity drinks or even those uh, uh, wine coolers and like Like the, the guy on Scrubs,
1: you want an apple teeny? Like <laughs>
0: have you seen but, Scrubs? <laughs> yes, okay, I know what you're talking about. I've learned oh. to embrace it that well, I like yeah, man. the fruity drinks. Why you now? just
1: gotta love what you love. That's All the right, thing. Right. There should be no shame. Yeah. You should enjoy what you enjoy and it's totally cool for everyone else to enjoy what they enjoy.
2: Absolutely. Like and I it. think that's a very healthy thing to know that there is an alcoholic product that you don't like, because yeah. Yeah, that's pro- if you like everything, <laughs> if you're like, hmm, I need, need some rubbing alcohol tonight, excess. you have a problem. Exactly. But no, yeah, I agree The sure. fruity drinks, tiki drinks are making a, are huge right now. And yeah. uh, they're, they're
0: fun. Yeah. They're delicious. A pina colada. They are fun. A umbrella
2: in it. A drink with accessories. <laughs> I know, right? a good thing. <laughs>
0: So true. Another question. I want to ask one more question here from our listeners, because I think this could even be a good, good one for new people moving to Utah, right? A lot of people move here and they don't understand our liquor laws and they don't understand it's what's, very confusing. what's going on. But Jim wants to know, why do some bars serve you a beer and a shot and others make uh, you drink one before they'll serve you another? And I, we've been in those situations. Oh,
1: yeah. Or if I've had a bartender say, stay here. You have to drink that and then I'll get your other one. Mm-hmm. But I won't give you two. Mm-hmm.
2: You actually can have a drink and a shot as long as they're different beverages. You're not supposed to have two of the same just because we get into portion sizes. So if a bar isn't wanting to do that, either one, they don't think you should be drinking that much or two, that's a business decision, which is Great. Um, and that is, fi- I think it's fine for businesses to make up their own rules. And if they want to blame the state, you know, that's, that's okay. Cause servers, people who are out there on the front lines and dealing with it, um, they're the ones who are getting, you know, the most grief usually about the liquor laws that are happening. So a lot of times it's just the bars or restaurants determination. For example, you don't, bars don't have to card everybody who walks in the door they're supposed to card anybody who looks over 35 but there are plenty of bars who just make it a policy i'm carding Mm -hmm. everybody who walks in even if you are a 70 year old grandmother it's our policy and we're going to turn you away
0: which i think is great which is
2: great that's that's a good it's just it's it's easy for the doorman
1: not to have to wonder um, yeah. about anything well and like you said the people on the front lines mm-hmm. i mean they're just doing their job yeah, yeah like i know a lot of us can get frustrated and i've seen people get a little bit upset at servers or bartenders and blame them for things but we need to step back and understand they don't want the place shut down and you Utah know
2: has the most enforcement officers of any state in the nation. I mean, whether you're going by per capita or just number of them. Um, so there there are more undercover operations going on at any point in time in Utah than in anywhere else. And so these people have a right to be scared. A lot of companies have a policy that if you get stung by this, an undercover cop, you're you're gone. You're you know mm-hmm. you're fired, and so it's their job on the line, and then it's the business's license is on the line as well. If you get stung three times in 36 months, you're you you lose your license, and not only do you just lose your license, but there's a possibility that if it's actually revoked, you can't even apply for another license for three years. Oh wow! If it gets revoked, and so I mean it's it's very serious, but it is it's tough. One thing I would say to anybody who's moving to Utah. You have a unique opportunity if you're moving to Utah because if you live here right now, technically we're not allowed to bring alcohol back from other states, right? To cross state lines. No Wyoming trips. (laughs) No Wyoming trips, no trips to Wendover and bringing back alcohol. But if you move here, you can bring you have got a one time exemption where you just bring as much as you want.
0: No kidding. Yeah. What, like just put it in the U-Haul or something? Yeah. Or what? Go
2: it to Costco before you leave your yeah. old state and just load up. If I mean people who, you know, move to the move in and they've got a cellar full of wine, they're allowed to bring it
1: all in. You've got a one time And that's good that you're able to do that. I think it. that's it very good. It because very good. what if you've spent twenty years collecting? Yeah. You know? Exactly.
0: Yeah. On that same tip, and I, that was kind of on, on Jim's question, the different licensing, because like a restaurant license, can they can have drinks, but you have to order food and a bar license. You don't have to order food. Is that kind of how that works too?
2: Well, with the different licenses that are available, I mean, the coveted one, most coveted is the bar license because you, while bars do have to have food available... Um, they don't have to actually sell any, um, you can just drink and not order any food. Whereas in a restaurant, we have the intent to order law, which means that you are allowed to order one drink. Um, you know, for some reason you want to order your Negroni, you can order your Negroni, but before (laughs) you're allowed to order a glass of wine, that second glass, the server has to confirm your intent to order food. You know, I would like to argue that I am in a restaurant. Obviously, I am here to eat. But uh, no, you need to have ordered the food or to make it clear. Now, if somebody orders the food and doesn't eat it, that is not the restaurant's fault. Um, They're they're not going to worry about that because, again, the intent is to order the food. So they can make that's actually the language's... Intent to order, not intent to dine anymore. So um, they can make us order
1: food, but they can't make us eat it. What would you say to people who, because um, a lot of people we talk to, they're like, if I could change one thing, I would change the liquor laws. Like, w- what would you say to people who want to get involved? I mean, is there any getting involved or Absolutely. helping make create a movement in any way? I mean, the biggest issue is that the state controls
2: it and the state runs it. I mentioned that Washington went from being a control state to being uh, private sales went called privatization. And so that is something that people have the opportunity to do. They could, it would take a, uh, an initiative, a ballot initiative. The legislature is not going to move to do that, but that's something that's possible. It's extremely expensive, but mm-hmm. if huh. it's, that's, that's if someone's that's really possible, dedicated. If somebody's really dedicated. <laughs> Um, that's a possibility. Other ways to get involved are, uh, like right now we're in the the legislative session there. There's the wine of the month club thing. Um, but there are, there's going to be more legislation. There's going to Uh be other legislations that's coming forward. So you can write your legislators, find out who they are, let them know that, uh, you support the loosening of the bills and not the part of it that strengthens it up. Those... Does that really make a difference?
1: I know I'm I'm totally being devil's advocate, but Yeah. You know, I never write in because I'm like, do they even read them? They even read them. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. I
2: think they do if there's enough people who get on board with it. Um the hard part is just knowing what's in the bills because there are over a thousand bills right now that are in front of the legislature and they only have 45 days to get through them all to even know whether they're going to hit and then you we don't even have the text of those bills yet because they're still being worked on and hashed out and so it's hard to rally the troops and say hey there's going to be this crazy liquor law that says you got to have a sign in your restaurant that says this is a restaurant not a bar i mean I feel like if enough people had said, Hey, that's ridiculous. That would have never made it into law instead of being law and then repealed
1: the year later. Cause everybody made so much fun of it. Um, <laughs> but it makes sense. Like they don't really finalize it quickly enough for it to get out to the people to understand what's happening. You have to really be watching everything. And, yeah. um, and that's and, a lot and, of work and it, it really
2: is. And so there's, there are some organizations, the Salt Lake area restaurant association is a, uh, great. They really represent represent, um, independent restaurant owners and um, smaller businesses, and they have some really good resources to help with things like that. Um, I don't know. I think just understanding maybe that the, like we talked about, not giving the servers a hard time, knowing that the DABC is really not as bad, I think, as most people think it is just because they are way constrained by the laws. So in my mind, it is the legislature that yeah. makes things difficult for us. But the problem is they're only on the Hill 45 days is, yeah. that, um, where they're, where we can see what they're doing.
1: So we need to just remember, don't shoot the messenger, right? Yeah. Like don't <laughs> Let, shoot the deliverer.
0: <laughs> let's, uh, let's switch gears to, uh, some Salt Lake city questions. Uh, we ask everybody that comes on the show here, Tanner, we all have family and friends that visit, right? I'm sure you have out-of-state friends that come to Utah, that come to Salt Lake City, that come to the area. Where do you take them? What do you show them? What's the tour?
2: Well, oh my goodness. There's so many wonderful places. I really, when my parents come up from Alabama, my mother always wants to go to Thule
1: and, have, him,
2: <laughs> and have a morning bun. Um, and so we live close <laughs> enough to where we might walk up to their 15th location, do uh, go to King's English bookstore I love it when they have a you know a reading or a signing or something my three and a half year old daughter loves the gelato shop that's right there yeah. and so really into the walkable neighborhood part of that and um, I'm looking forward to trying the new restaurant that um, went in in the Paris bistro rest in peace uh space so that's that's just a great area I just loved the Most people don't live somewhere where they can walk and do things like that, or most of my friends don't. And so being able to just say, hey, let's walk and go to this great little tiny neighborhood that has all of these things right in one place is awesome. Um, If any of my more active friends come, will you go skiing?
1: That's kind of a big Big thing people like to do out here.
0: Yeah. Right. Scheme, what's that? What about, what about favorite local eating spots? Do you have one or two favorites um, that you like?
2: I really enjoy going to Kyoto. We okay. um, we will call in a pickup order. And by the time we walk there, it's ready nice. and uh, walk back. My daughter loves hub and spoke. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, getting to have a, uh, you know, their, their ice cream, even if it's just a vanilla ice cream, it's got the sprinkles. It's an old glass. It's like, it's it's really it's just charming. It's, it's just charming. It yeah. looks like the Sunday emoji or something. It totally I really, does. I really They're so like fun. That. And if I'm downtown and I've got um, clients in from out of town, we'll walk around the corner to uh, Current. Okay, um, yeah. And that's always that's that's Good great too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very cool. What about? Okay, so here's the big one. What would you change about Utah? What would you change about Salt Lake City? Not liquor laws. (laughs) Uh,
2: The smog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You got to love it, right? That's, oh, that's just pretty much the, that's the worst. Just being up, I've got a beautiful view out of my office most days. And when it gets gross, it's just, it's just so disturbing. And that's another thing that I really like to blame the legislature for.
0: Now you work out of the same law firm as our friend, Leafy Lawyer. Which is I'll let. You, where, what firm do you work out of now?
2: Christensen and Jensen. Christensen and, and Jensen. I've been there for years, and they're just they're just great. They've been really encouraging to be able to have, and it's one of the oldest firms in Salt Lake City. And for yeah. them to be supportive of alcohol um, laws and uh, the JD's practice yeah. and the marijuana practice, it's been it's, they've they've been great.
0: Now, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, what would be the easiest way to get a hold of you?
2: Googling me. I mean, Tanner Leonard is a pretty, pretty unique name. Fortunately, I'm at UT Liquor Lawyer on Twitter. I am at Utah Liquor Lawyer on Instagram.
0: Now, if I'm not mistaken, this just popped in my head. Didn't you do like an art piece with uh, with that this is not a restaurant signs or something? Didn't you do something I if I'm did. not? What, what was that that, that was, you did?
2: That was so great. So we were talking about that silly law that. Um,
0: it just popped where in my where, head. Where you, uh, you, you, had, you
2: had to have a sign that said this is a restaurant, not a bar. And the legislature did repeal that law. And uh, they did leave up the one that says you have to have a sign that says this is a bar, not a restaurant. Um, when those came down, those were allowed to be taken down on May 8th. I put the word out there and said, let me, let me compile those. I had a a friend who, uh, put me in touch with an art gallery that wanted to, like, this sounds like a great thing. And so, um, just got to have a solo show at Knox Contemporary Art Gallery downtown and, it was really fun. It was really interesting to see all the different ones um, because as long as you got them approved by the DABC, you didn't have to just have the plain one. Some of them were really worn. Some of them had been written on. Um, and some of the DABC commissioners actually came down on opening night. And, <laughs> so uh, that was that's really so cool. cool. The um, the PR guy for the DABC came down, took some pictures, and it was in the DABC's monthly newsletter. So it was it was an interesting way to just. Bring awareness to some of the laws that I think are just unnecessary. They don't have any value add to keeping anything. I mean, everybody I think has the same agreement, whether you are, you know, in the legislature, if you're in mothers against drunk driving, if you're a bar owner, nobody wants to have drunk driving and nobody wants to serve minors. Like there is no no business model that says we're going to make all our money off 19 year olds. Like that's just not it. Everybody agrees on that. And um, so the, the laws that don't promote safe um, alcoholic consumption and prevent minors from drinking, I think if they don't, if they don't do that, if they don't further that, then they, most of them are a little unnecessary and could do with some trimming.
0: Did you have anything you wanted to uh, bring up in the recording by chance before Chrissy throws a final question out at everybody that comes through here? But before she does that, I didn't know. I like to open it up, uh, open the microphone up a little bit. If there's anything you want to mention or shout out, I don't know what it would be. Or if, I don't know. Sometimes people have things they want to promote. I don't know.
2: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. I don't really have anything other than I appreciate the opportunity to be here because that's something that I don't advertise. Yeah. And the chairman of the DABC said today in the open hearing when there was an unfortunate individual that they did not hire an attorney. They sold, they bought a business and it didn't sell their, they didn't buy the license correctly with it. And so it's a restaurant in Draper. That's going to not have a liquor license for at least a month, which that can really hurt them. And chairman looked at him and said, we really urge you and everybody in here to remember the liquor laws in Utah are hard and it's behooves you to hire a lawyer and um, get competent legal counsel. So, um, do that.
0: I'm <laughs> you're available. I
2: am available most of the time. I get to see my clients, work with them, and don't talk to them again. Um unless I, you know, come in for a drink, which you can't give me a free drink, so I won't ask for it. <laughs> but um it's we need to do it right. If you do it right, most of the time it's not hard to run a
1: successful business. It's like do it right, do it once, get it done. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That's the that's the hopeful side of things. Well, yeah. It's not always, but <laughs> It's hopeful. Totally. Totally. Take it away. Well, I guess Christy. I'll ask my final question then. If you could leave our listeners with a piece of life advice or a motto that you live by, what would you tell them? I think do well with what you have works often.
2: And I, I use that when I have bad facts in a case and bad law that I have to do. I'm just going to, we're going to do well with what we have. Um, And I do that. I I live by that when I'm trying to. Think about what I'm going to make dinner tonight. And I have very little <laughs> in the fridge,
1: but I'm going to do something, you know, I to love agenda. it.
2: Yeah, I'm going to work with it.
1: Many thanks again to Tanner Leonard for joining us on this episode. All the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our website, which can be found at IamSaltLake.com 421.
0: As always, that's for episode 421. All right, let's wrap this episode up. But I want to talk about a few things before we leave. You know, we don't talk enough about uh, the importance of subscribing to this podcast and whatever podcast app you listen to this in. Why that's important is because as soon as we release an episode, it will go directly to your RSS feed, they call it, and it will go directly to your phone. You'll get that episode. You won't have to wonder, did they have a new episode out? Well, every episode will go right to your phone. And that includes Spotify and Pandora. You can find us there as well. And all you got to do is just search I Am Salt Lake inside any of those apps. Hit that subscribe button and those episodes will go right to your smartphone.
1: And I got to say, whenever that happens to me, the the podcast that I follow, it, and the little alert pops up and it's like new episode. I just get so excited. Oh, it's like I, a little treat every week. And you I, know? Know,
0: I know there's people that are excited every week for I Am Salt Lake. Just like me. I'm excited every week they for They wake it. up early. And, oh, a new episode in the <laughs> it's like
1: Christmas. <laughs> Well, and there's also a couple of ways you can support us. You can head on over to supportsaltlake.com and support these local businesses. These businesses support us, so whenever you support them, you are supporting the podcast all the great people in salt lake it's just a win-win for everybody
0: and there's there's like businesses from all different walks of life on there from like coffee shops to tattoo shops to
1: Electricians, electricians to dreadlocks i mean i love it i love the variety of supporters that we have
0: all right you guys have a great week it's going to be beautiful we're getting close to spring remember to support the awesome businesses right here in salt lake city give your mom a call and we'll see you right here right here uh next week on the next episode And good night, Grammy.